0: Blood Talk Radio. Fresh cut grass I'm back in my helmet, cleats and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys apart In tonight. He's on vacation. Uh, I not how long he'll, he'll be out, but he should be back pretty soon. I'm Coach Wallace. Uh, I will be filling in for you tonight, and uh, I'm pretty excited about doing so. Uh, if you want to call in tonight and uh, you know, ask questions, uh, you can do it one of two ways. You can call uh, 657-383-1020, or you can uh, go to radio.jchawks.com, check out the chat line and send your chats, uh, your questions um, in through that way. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't really have a chance. I was talking earlier. I didn't really have a chance to watch a lot of football this weekend. So um, I'm kind of, uh, you know, uh, not up to par as far as what's going on in the NFL and so much in the college. But I, I'll tell you, I I want to talk about something uh, today, or at least for a little while Um I was, uh, at work today and, and had a conversation with a couple of guys who, uh, you know, they're, they're what you call your armchair quarterbacks, your, your guys who, who think they, uh, they know it all. And, um, you know, they, they talk about, uh, you know, what a coach should do and what a player should do. And, um, they are pretty much given their, uh, two cents in, uh, when they don't even have a half a cent of knowledge. Um, and one of the topics we were talking about uh, when uh, they found out or that uh, the topic came up football I you know told them that I coach women's football uh, the the very first thing that uh, came out of their mind it, it is not is it lingerie football, which we do get a lot of that if we for people that want to know about women's football but the the topic the question they had for me was um, how?" how is it even the same, uh, the same sport? Um, and how, how do you take the approach, uh, to coach women, uh, that, you know, don't seem to play football a lot. And I, I, I revert the question back to them, uh, saying really it's not the same. It, it's the same sport, but it's not the same game. Um, and you know, talk with Coach Dave about this a lot, and how the uh, the approach to coaching women's football is so much different from men's football. But that's not really what I wanted to get at. And what I really wanted to talk about was is that what it takes to coach women is for a coach that has knowledge and sets the example, and that is not a do as I say, not as I do coach. Somebody who is uh, involved, invested. Uh, as much of your free time as you possibly can. You give more of your free time to, to, to the players. Um, you, you have a, uh, uh, an interest in, in wanting to do it. Uh, and you know, that really got me to even thinking more about this past season as I looked across the side across the field to other sidelines, how there were coaches that just didn't look the part, uh, didn't, um, uh, didn't present themselves, uh, uh, as professional. Um, and all of that ties into another question that I had to, my, to myself was is that, well, what is it going to take to propel women's football to the next level? Um, you know, how do we get women's football, uh, uh, you know, to the point to where eventually maybe we are, these, these girls are getting paid. Uh, and, and it's an all-around effort. It's, it's not just the girls or the women on the football field. It's the owners. It's the it's the coaches. It's it's your your helpers, your assistants. It's everybody that's involved in that program has to be uh, on the same page. There has to be a uh, a level of professionalism across the board. Um, and I, there were several times I looked across the field last year, um, and there were coaches out there that just it seemed to be happy with the just having that term coach uh, put on the back of their shirt or their jersey or whatever, that they were just happy uh, to be involved. And that's fine to be involved. But if you you can't, I guess what I'm saying is you cannot put yourself in a position to look down upon as far as professionalism if you're not showing yourself as being a professional. And the product that it's going to take to put this women's uh, football uh, at a national level to where it, it is being a paid is just that. It is that appearance. It is that uh, – it's the it's the dressings. It's it's all the, the, the banner and stuff that you have out. It, it has to look the part, not just be the part. Um, and I thought that was very interesting uh, today. I just had an aha moment as I was driving around work today. And, uh, you know, that, that is so true because you, you look at, for example, for what the NFL does. Uh, I mean, you know the dress codes, and you have, uh, you know, the, what you can say, what you can't say, that you have to be here to answer questions at press conferences, or you're going to get fined, and all that, and that's equal across the board. Um, and you know, Roger Goodell has an iron fist on that league, uh, and it pretty much has that—that that he can do whatever he wants as far as when it comes down to for reprimands, uh, and it keeps that, them in, in line, and. It's tough because at this level, we're so spread out and there's no organization for every single women's football team in the country. Now, you have several different leagues, but when you have different leagues that aren't doing things uh, that are showing what, uh, you know, or are trying to present themselves to sell something, uh, you know, there are leagues out there that have awesome websites, well, the, they look like they're doing it, but they're not. Uh, on the other side of the coin, they're not actually doing it. So, you know, there's there's two sides of the coin. Yes, you can look like it, uh, but it also helps, uh, you know, to look like it and to do as you do, not say as I do. And uh, just just a little rant that I wanted to put on today because I, I really was it was bothering me about these these guys. Uh, I think they looked at me as saying, you know, women's football is, is blah and this and that and I took all of everything I had not to really just tell them what they can do, um, but I was professional enough to, you know, just try to persuade them that they needed to come watch women's football, and they would enjoy it. So, just a little rant to start off the first 10 minutes or so of the of the of the, uh, the show tonight, and uh, you know, as we get into this um, uh, this off season more and more, the off season becomes sprawled out and. You have the, the seasons are changing, and um, I know it's it's here in Tennessee. The, the weather is starting to, uh, to to you know get uh, cooler in the evenings, and you know you're sitting out, and you're looking, and you're wondering uh, what it's going to be like for this year. There's a lot of stuff that's going to play. I talked about it last show. There's a lot of stuff going into play about uh, what it is um, that uh, uh, we're doing uh, to get prepared for this next season, whether it's personal. Uh, trainers, uh, whether it's showing up to practices or tryouts, uh, whether it's to you know work on your game, uh, you know, the off seasons for for women's football for us at least for the Thunder, uh, our off seasons have pretty much stopped the uh, <laughs> the last year or so since we've been playing the uh, the Nissan Titan Stadium game um, that uh, you know we get you know, about a month off and then we're right back at it. Uh, preparing for that game, and then we'll have a low uh, before the season starts, but then we we'll are continuing to practice and so forth, and you know, every every woman's team or every woman's uh, league across the country uh, is, is getting ready and set up, and um, it, it's just an awesome time of the year uh, when, you know, the, the season, you know, here in Tennessee, these leaves start to turn orange, and, uh, you know, they start to fall, starts to get cold, and, you know, fall's coming, and Uh, You know, it's just it's just an exciting time. And uh, I for one can't wait for women's football to for us or our season to actually start off. We've been doing uh, a lot of things. We've had some tryouts, uh, two tryouts uh, in the the span of four weeks or three weeks. And, um, you know, so, you know, I I just am encouraging everybody that's uh, out there that if they are, uh, you know, stick with it, you know, do everything you can to get yourself ready. If you're hurt, if you're injured, get healed up, and let's, you know, let's let's make this uh, the best year for women's football as possible. I know it's a ways off, but, you know, before you know it, uh, season will be here to kick off. So, uh, just another uh, probably two or three minutes of me just wanting to kind of, uh, you know, talk about how excited I am for women's football in general. So, now, I, one thing that uh, I did really want to, to speak about and that I've had, um uh, I don't know, I was listening to ESPN this morning. Um, the, uh, the way the NFL is starting to kind of turn into the, uh, the NBA as far as players that don't want to be with a team, so they want to get traded to go and do super teams. Uh, it, I, you know, listen, if it's, is it just me, or is that tarnishing the sport for men's football for me, for the NFL? I'm, I'm about, uh, I don't know, I'm about my wit's end with the NFL every time I turn around, some player doesn't want to be with a team uh, because he doesn't like the coach or because he doesn't like this player or because he doesn't like the fact that he can't wear a helmet. Uh, you know, what happened to playing sports and being thankful for playing sports, uh, you know, for when. I, I don't know. It, it seems like greed has always been around, but it just seems like here lately that every time you turn around or you turn on ESPN, you have somebody saying something about the fact that they just cannot uh, stand the way that this organization's ran or the way that this coaches and this and that. And I, I don't know. You know, I, I'm, for one, I'm about sick of it. Uh, professional athletes, I think, are are starting to. Not all of them, but some of them are starting to. Uh, you know, get that feel of, uh, of entitlement, a sense of entitlement, as opposed to remembering that if it wasn't for the fans, uh, they really wouldn't have paychecks. And, um, you know, they, they they twist this whole thing as to, well, you know, I'm a godsend and I'm playing this sport and you're not. And now, it's not every player, but there are some players out there, and, and, and it just seems like now uh, it's starting to become more and more of an issue when you have uh, players – that uh, again you know getting arguments on the sideline with the coaches and next you know I want to trade I, I just you know I coach Dave and myself we also talk about when we played football you know we, there, it was a time where you know they can get in your face grab your face mask coach was three three inches from your face and he's spitting in your face as he's talking about how messed up you were on that play um, just I think that was a time in, in, in football where football was Understood that I was here to do it his way and nobody else's way and uh, you know at those times are so far at the window I did hear Tim Tebow uh, give a great speech about how uh, the sense of entitlement uh, of some of these players especially now in college is even starting to ruin uh, college football it's just saying that uh, you know where college players should start to get paid um, I, you know listen that's that's a that's a real issue for me. I, I, I've never been a college athlete, so I couldn't imagine what it's like running out onto a field with 100,000 screaming fans, uh, alumni for you at the college that you're playing for. Uh, you know, I couldn't imagine being in Tim Tebow shoes uh, and, and saying, uh, you know, at one point he had the third, I think his jersey, I think part of the statement he said was uh, at one point in his college career, there was only two jerseys in any sports that outsold his, and that was Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. And then third was Tim Tebow's uh, jersey, and never once did he ever want to get uh, uh, money for that. Um, Tim Tebow is just, I think he's a different breed. Uh, He's he's an old-school player in a modern-day body. Uh, The guy just has, in my mind, you know, he just has it, uh, you know, had that, he had that it factor. He was a born leader, uh, and he was a winner. Um, but he also had the right approach and the right aspect. And I just think, uh, as we progress into, and the older I get anyway, and the younger generation comes in, I think the sense of entitlement, uh, of, of, uh, sports is, you know, it's just, it's ruining the sport. Um, I, 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 heard, uh, and I, I'm not sure where I heard it or remember where I heard it, but, uh. It was on a morning show that uh, somebody predicted uh, predicted that football probably wouldn't even be around in about ten years. Um, I, I, I find that hard to fathom, but the mere fact that somebody is even thinking that, uh, in my mind, just shows that you know it's it's the it's the uh, involvement of um, or the the involvement of of how or uh, the evolving sorry how the evolving of um, of people's thinking, the older generation that, uh, you know, I'd rather not watch football at all and just remember the days
1: uh, when I watched or when I
0: played. Um, and uh, I just think as the older generation thinks about what it's, what it's like now, I think it's it's really, um, it's really becoming a, uh, a distraction as far as taking away the joy of football. Uh, I don't know if if, if uh, you know, I'd, rather, I'd much rather watch college football uh, than uh, professional football. I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan, but I'll tell you what, I wasn't at all happy with the uh, incense entitlement of money that uh, Ezekiel Elliott thought that he was, he was owed. Um, I mean you know you, you want to, uh, you want to look at it on paper. he wanted to be the highest paid running back, but yet he doesn't do the highest paid running back on and off the field. It goes back to what I was saying, professional on and off the field. You know, you do things right off the field, you get paid for the things that you do right on the field. Um, I I didn't agree. I don't think that he should have got paid all that money. Um, But, you know, it's a business, and I think that that aspect of of professional football ruins it. Um, And so when you look at everything that I just said about how that is putting into uh, professional sports, then well, where is that going to lead to, let's say, if if women's football – or when, not if, when women's football eventually uh, is in a pay league, and how will that, and how will that, um, and how will that uh, uh, affect things? Well, I challenge you to look at uh, when's the last time you heard something about the WNBA and about a holdout in the WNBA because they didn't get uh, they didn't get a certain uh, a contract or players in the WNBA that want to go on strike because they don't agree with uh, whatever rules, or, uh, you know, players wanting to make super teams. No, you don't hear that. Why? I firmly believe because every single one of those women in the WNBA understand. They understand. First of all, it's from the top all the way down to the lowest. The WNBA did it right with their their, – promoting the game before they even um, uh, before they even started when the WNBA came out there was a whole summer of uh, commercials of the WNBA and their slogan was we got next
1: now this was during
0: the NBA season so you couldn't watch an NBA game and then see uh, and, and not see a WNBA commercial saying, we have next and then that following summer they started and ever since then the WNBA, WNBA sorry, has been getting progressively better and they've been making more money and they are skyrocketing up and they're doing it the right way I think the same thing is going to happen eventually when a women's football league is established because uh, they're learning from what these men are doing and you know the men are the ones that and listen, I'm not bashing men, and, I, and I, I know it's probably what it sounds like, but what I'm bashing is, is the fact that your sense of entitlement to think that, well, I, you know, this is what I've wanted to do all the way uh, up until my point uh, or to, to where I am now, and whether it's, you know, professional sports or hockey, soccer, doesn't matter. The sense of entitlement that men show um, ruins the sport for them. Now, it's great conversation. It's great cooler talk. I can, you know, you you can go into any bar, uh, sports bar, and talk about it. Uh, but what about the game? You know, these WNBA, they do it right. They play their games. You don't, you don't. There's no fighting. I mean, there may be some scuffles, but you don't hear of a lot of fights. You don't hear of suspensions. You don't hear of bad mouthing, and you know they're doing it right. And so, I had the opportunity uh, this past July to do some color commentary for um, uh, a, a – uh, the USWFL had a um, – and forgive me if I can't remember his name, but he was there to do the, the Internet. He was the live stream on the Internet. I did some color commentary, comment uh, with him. And uh, one of the games we had, um, there were uh, – it was the All-Star game. There were several coaches that came up and talked, and we all had conversations right there. And um, how do you promote women's football? You know, what is a something that how, – how can you get women's football more out uh, and about? And, and it's, you know, do we need to make commercials? I mean, all of that stuff works. and helps. Um, but I'm asking this as, uh, you know, hopefully if somebody has, has something, maybe I'm going to spark something in somebody. Uh, how does uh, – how, how do we uh, set the platform higher for women's football? Uh, slogans are, are good. I mean, listen, WNBA had the We Got Next. You know, I mean, is that something that maybe uh, uh, women's football needs to start, uh, some type of movement? You know, women's football has been around for, for for decades. It's nothing new, but yet every time I talk to somebody about it, they didn't know it existed. So, you know, if you are a, a team owner, uh, you know, or a team coach, you know, these are things that need to be really you know, turning in your in your brain is, you know, what are some things that we can do to elevate the women's game, uh, football? Uh, you know, and it can't just be about your team. It just can't be about your position. It can't just be about uh, your city, um, uh, and then you know, expect, uh, you know, and then get uh, upset when uh, women's football isn't getting the due respect that it deserves. Um, so. You know, if you're an owner out there, if you're a coach out there, if you're even if you're a player that's out there, uh, you know, some things that you need to to really start to get your brain turning into to w- what it is, especially in this off season. What can you do to market your team in a positive manner to get uh, more attention, positive attention? Um, you know, I have I, heard it before. I think you've probably heard it as well. Is that you know, listen, uh, you know, if you're getting bad publicity, at least you're getting publicity. Well. If you're getting bad publicity in something that has already been established, like the NFL, the NFL can probably, and they do more often than not, cover it up with, uh, you know, suspensions, and they can cover it up with with violations. But when you're trying to build something, bad publicity will shoot it down, and it will never, ever, ever get up. Uh, And if you think that I'm just saying it, go to any, any city, in this country, I guarantee you, any city, and at some point there was a minor league team, whether it's men, maybe even women's, uh, that wanted to get started. Nobody wanted to get involved because somebody somewhere heard something about how a certain team, wherever, did something, whether it was uh, in a fight or whether it was being disrespectful or whether it was uh, the way they dressed or looked. These teams didn't make it. So, you know, it, it's a serious issue that needs to be addressed. It's a serious issue that needs to be worked on. It can't just be something that we just, you know, say it today and it's gone tomorrow. It's got to be worked on. Um, you know, to to, to elevate this, it's, it's like, you know, it's like being a parent. You know, you, you, you start off being a parent and the first thing you do is, is, is you're your shocked. You know, you're, you're kind of dumbfounded. It's like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then you fill it out, and uh, eventually you start to understand that, you know, if I do something, my kid's going to do something. If I act a certain way, my kid's going to act a certain way. Well, if you're in the business, it's the same way. You know, if you act a certain way, your players, your coaches, and all, and, and all the way down to the bottom, uh, to the bottom post of the ladder are all going to act the same way. This last season, we were involved in uh, a game between uh, it was the it was uh, the Thunder and we were in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, coaches had, um, or for for the for the team in Fayetteville had uh, I don't know they just it was it was exactly what I was talking about of a team not looking and and fitting the part. Um, it was it was the way talking was going, it was the way that coaching was going, and everything just in the game ended in an all-out brawl. Um, it's really something I had never been involved with. I had never up until that point been involved in a brawl uh, where literally everybody on the field was fighting. Um, and uh, I had thought. The next day, I haven't really told anybody about this, but I had thoughts the next day that I didn't want to be involved with with uh, football anymore uh, because I, I just it just that that I, it was in the heat of the moment, but that really just scarred me. I mean, we had to have the police come and allow us to exit the facility. Um, I, I bring that up. Why? Well, because that is just an example of what I'm trying to tell you is that, you know, if we want, uh, you know, and, and luckily I listen to even backtrack further to let it didn't get out. And, and I think the USWFL and, uh, you know, I think, you know, uh, uh, Dave and, and and Jennifer Johnson did a a, a heck of a job keeping uh, that from exploding to what uh Everybody across the nation could hear about. I mean, because it was literally that big. It was that big of a brawl, and and I did a really good job of keeping it. I'm uh, you know, in house, so to speak. I mean, sir, everybody in the league knew about it, but it wasn't something that uh, was just uh, publicized. There wasn't a lot of, uh, of uh, Facebook attention about it, uh, and they did a heck of a job keeping that, um, you know, under wraps. But uh, it scarred me. And I've been doing this for, for long enough, and it scarred me that I, I just didn't I didn't feel like I wanted to be a part of it anymore. Um, but, you know, in the heat of the moment, it was a decision that I was thinking. But, you know, ultimately, I love this game so much, and I love, love my team and my girls so much that I, I wasn't going to do that to them and allow that to affect me. If that did me, and I had been around this game for, you know, a long time, what do you think it did to some of these fans that were out there? What do you think it did to those cops that showed up there? Those cops went and talked to other cops. Those cops talked to their friends. You know, the paramedics that showed up talked to their friends. Fans talked to those friends. Then it gets, it it just, it it spreads like wildfire. Hurts the game. Hurts women's football. Things like that will never allow you, uh, allow women's football to get off. Now, I know that that was a long time ago. But just part of my rant here about uh, thinking of, you know, getting women's football. I have a lot of downtime to think about how we get women's football uh, up on a higher pedestal. Uh, and so I, I bring up uh, something that happened uh, almost a year ago, or less than a year ago, but a few, how, how long, months ago, to spark some, some interest of what not to do. Uh, you know, how how do you how you act and behave as a coach is going to rub off on your players. How you act and behave as an owner is going to rub off on your coaches. And if you allow that to happen, again, this, this we are going to be, uh, you know, as women's football, we're going to be talking about how we get this women's football off the ground forever as opposed to uh, talking about how we get better from being better. Uh, and right now you have, you know, there are several football teams in this country
1: uh, that are women's that uh You know, a lot of
0: people know, you know, but that's, you know, there's, I can count them on one hand, but how many women's football teams are there out there in this country? I, it just, you know, it's devastating to the sport when you don't act the part and you're as a do as I say, not as I do type of leader. It just doesn't work. Um, you know, we at, at some point, at some point, it's going to wipe out women's football. If we, the struggle is going to happen forever. If we can't get past what I saw last year, for the most part, from several teams, you know, those those things are are going to. It's going to cause women's football to just, just you know be a a weekend thing that, uh, you know, it's it's just a time in your life that, you know, didn't mean anything. It just, you know, in my opinion, uh, we need to get away from that. And, uh, you know, I know what we do at the Tri-Cities Thunder, uh, you know, we're we're still learning and we're still trying to get things uh, done uh, and and still trying to learn to make sure that we do things the right way. But I'll tell you, uh, we do things the right way. And uh, it, it's paid dividends for us. Um, so, you know, food for thought. You know, if it's if it's something that you're really passionate about, and you're starting a team, it, it needs to be uh, it, it needs to be legit from the day one. It Can't be going to get a coach just because you need a coach. You got to have the right coach. Um, you know, and if it's something that can't happen this year, you know. it needs to to take some time, then it needs to take some time. And more often than not, what you get are teams that are just thrown up in the spare of the moment without even thinking about what needs to be done to have a good team to benefit women's football. Most of the times what you get is you get teams that just sprawl up because they want to play football, but they don't think about the big picture. It becomes about me, 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 I, 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 my team, my team, my team, as opposed to about women's football in general. To be a pioneer of the sport, you have to be a transsetter. To be a uh, to be a pioneer of this sport, you have to be somebody that is the example of what to be moving forward. Same with coaches. Same with owners. What you have to be, the I have to be. I should be as a coach, somebody that's wanting to be a coach, I should be their mentor. They should want to look and be like me as a coach. Or they I should want to look in Dave and say, I want to be like Dave Johnson as an owner. But well, we don't have that in women's football. I'm not saying the Thunder, the Thunder do. But for the majority of women's football, what you have are teams that just pop up because it's a good idea just because I want to play football. And then they ruin it for, you know, the teams that are taking it as serious. And, uh, again, it's just food for thought. I thought that you should uh, you should hear a little bit of that to, to get your uh, your week started. I know it's Tuesday, but to get your week started, uh, if you are out there wanting to start a football team, it is off season and uh, we got, we got some time. But, uh, you know, if it's something that you're really wanting to do, then do it, but do it right. Just don't put it together. It just can't be something that you just come I'm gonna start a team and make this name and then find me a coach just to have a coach. It takes some planning. It takes you know, you gotta get the logistics worked out. You gotta get
1: you know you gotta get
0: everything worked out. Just before you throw anything together, sit, write it down. Get things thought out, well planned out. Again, uh, I'm, uh, I'm Coach Wallace. I'm sitting in for Dave Johnson, who is uh, he's on vacation. Uh, if you want to call in, uh, go ahead and give a call. It's six five seven three eight three one zero two zero. If you want to call and give, uh, I can, so we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, or if you want to go on to radio.jchalk.com and go ahead and type in a chat question, we can we can chat it up. So. Uh, the NFL is in its, what, what is this, third, second week? Um, not a lot of stories that are going out. I think the, the, the biggest story uh, that I've, I've seen here in the last couple of uh, days is that uh, you've got some significant injuries happening. Uh, I know Drew Brees should be out about six weeks. Uh, you know, and how much of, of, of a player – Drew Brees is is that they went from I think what it was eight to one odds now they're like twenty five to one or something I I, I don't know it's it ridiculous to win a Super Bowl, um, you know I hate it for Drew Brees I hate that he hurt his thumb uh, I, I like him I like his moxie I think he's a a great never met him but I think he's a he's a great Christian I think he's a great person all around uh, and he sets this sets the example you never hear a, a, a negative thing about him. Um, and it just – I've had – personally, I've had thumb injuries before, and I know that uh, you, there's nothing that you – your thumbs um, – you know, you're spraying a thumb and your whole hand is pretty much useless, it seems like. so, uh, And I know that he's the type of player that if he would go in there and play, he would go in and play. Uh, but it sucks for him because, you know, as older as he – you know, he's getting up on, on age as well. Uh, that's six weeks. That's six games. I don't know if their bye weeks coming in, but that's going to be a long time to be out of football. Um, and I know that he wishes him, uh, he'd out there, and I wish him the best. You also have Ben Roethl- Roethlisberger in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, Ben, another player who's getting up there in age. Uh, you, know, you, you know, you just can't take for granted this sport. I, I think that you know, that's – and I could tell you, I've never been a professional athlete, but I've been a professional. And I understand that you can't take things for granted, and I bet you that they're both sitting there, and there are some doubts going through their minds if they will ever. If and I believe that they'll be lying to you if they say they're not. But is it worth it, for one, at their age, and two, is this the end? Is this the beginning of the end? Is that going through their mind? It has to be. I think it has to be. I think they'd be crazy not to. Um, it's just, uh, you know, I think it's just the nature of the beast the older you get, so. Um yeah, I don't know if uh, there were any other significant injuries this week. I do know that I hear a lot about the, uh, the Miami Dolphins and how the Miami Dolphins are now the officially the worst team in the NFL. Um, I, I don't know. You know, listen, I, I think, first of all, it's it's tough to be the worst. In these are professional athletes, and I, I think sometimes we're so hard on these professional athletes when it comes to uh, – as fans, not as a coach, as fans, I think we're hard on, that when we say, hey, um, you're officially the worst team, Um, but yeah, listen, you are what you are, if they're not winning football games, then we're over two or three weeks into the season, I don't know if that's, I mean, we can say that they're the worst, I think statistically they are, I don't know how far the Giants are behind them, Uh, but you know, I, I don't know, the NFL is Again, I, I talked about it before, about how uh, entitlement they are, and I think a lot of that rubs off onto teams that aren't no that are as good. I mean, uh, but think about that. Throw that out there. How many of those players do you think feel like they're entitled? Are, are they sabotaging the season? Those are the same things that I, just, I think about sometimes. I know it sounds like it's a rambling, but sometimes I think about that. You know, those teams just want to, to lose maybe on purpose or – whatever the case may be, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not there in the locker rooms, but sometimes when you, yeah, it's been a long time since the Miami Dolphins have had a, a, a good football team. And, um, and sometimes you just wonder, you know, are these teams doing it, uh, for, uh, you know, I don't know to set themselves up for, um, to be traded or, or demand to be traded. I don't know. Uh, other big news. Uh, I heard uh, today that, um, Eli Manning is now no longer the starting quarterback uh, for the the New York Giants. Is this the beginning of the end for Eli Manning? Another good question. Heard that today. It was a huge debate. I think that was on all the sports shows today. Um, in my opinion, Eli Manning over the years has proven himself to be a worthy contender to say that he is probably, that can be probably in the top 15 or 20 best quarterbacks of all time. I don't know if he's a top five. That's probably for a, another conversation. But I think you could put him in the top 20. Um, so why do I say that? Well, I think a large part of it is because of his the lineage that he has with his family. I mean, he's he's carried that torch. He's won Super Bowls. Um, you know, he's, his, his stats are, are, are Hall of Fame worthy. Um, you know, he's been uh, NFL's man of the year. Um, you never really hear too many. You know, I've never heard anything negative about him. But I do think that he, you just father time is undefeated. And, uh, you know, the older you get playing such a violent sport, um, it's just bound to happen at some point, um, which, maybe the giants shouldn't have started them at the beginning of the year i don't know i you know i don't know i'm not there in the locker room i'm not the coach but you know eli manning um is it could be uh very well uh could be over for him i don't know that he'll be playing for another team i can't see another team uh that is in the market for a quarterback that is uh you know at the end of his rope like eli manning i mean there are teams out there in the quarterbacks, but can Eli Manning step into a, a, a team uh, like, say, Jacksonville and pick up Jacksonville's offense and, 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 and perform as opposed to the player they got now who's been there for a year learning the system? So you know, you're taking a huge gamble if you're trying to get uh, Eli Manning. Uh, I, for one, wouldn't be surprised if. We at some point in this season hear that Eli Manning is either a going to retire now or he's going to retire at the end of the season. Um, I just uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I just leave that there. Um, college football, nothing's really changed in college football. I mean, in the top of the tier is the top of the tier. I tell you, I'm more and more impressed with um, uh, the quarterback out of Clemson. Uh, forgive me if I can't remember his name but um, you know that that kid is I mean he looks like he's 610 uh, and he can just he just throws the ball and he's so fast and Clemson's really got it going on Alabama has it going on I think Alabama Clemson uh, again they're at top of the, the top of the, uh, the list in in football uh, the LSU is is right up in there you got top four teams uh, that are right now in position uh, in the top four of the I think they're all most of them except for one are from the SEC. So it's just proven that SEC conference is again this year, uh, which has been in the past, but if you look LSU, Georgia, Alabama, um, you know, the, the three of the top 4 teams SEC. Um, the SEC is so big, uh, when you when you look at the, the how it's, you know, spread out the top tier. Uh, LSU is uh, you know, they're just that offense is clicking. They're doing well. And then you got uh, Georgia, who's kind of flying under the radar right now as far as, uh, you know, being a top team, being in contention for a national championship. Now, I know this is, it's really early. It's really, really early. But college football, it's one reason why I like college football so much more than the NFL is, you know, college football, uh, it's not just the atmosphere you go to. It's the whole process of trying to get to be the national champions. Um, you, know, you you can't afford to lose one game, really, uh, in some of these conferences. If you're in the SEC, you can probably afford to win, lose one, maybe two teams, depending on what side of the SEC you are. Um, but most teams that are in contention, uh, that are in these Power Five, you know, you lose one game. But I'll tell you now, the, the Texas Longhorns have no shot, and they are my team, but they have no shot of winning a national championship. The game against LSU – has proven that, and they are on the outside looking in. They may get up as high as five, but unless one of those top four teams lose, I, I just don't see Texas in the in the Big Twelve looking to be, uh, you know, to be as in, in the contention for winning a national championship, a, a decent, a really good bowl. Um, again, a lot of things can happen. It's really, really early to tell, but unless there is such a Slope off between the way that Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, LSU are playing. You know, the rest of the, the rest of the teams in the in the uh, in college football are just playing for really really bowl, uh, good bowl games to make a lot of money. Um, so, you know, it just it's it's a tough way to to uh, to look at it. But as the facts are the facts. I mean, that's just the way it is. If you um, you know, if you're those teams, and especially if you're uh, uh, like, say, a, a UCF fan, the University of Central Florida, who, <clears throat> you know, they always seem to have a pretty good team. Um, it's just not its not a strong enough conference that they're in for them to be considered that uh, they could be up there. I mean, maybe they can beat uh, uh, SEC teams, like maybe Auburn, and, uh, and, and, and maybe they do put up a good game against Alabama if, if, if they were to play, but... You know, SEC right now is the dominant. They've been dominant, but they're only getting stronger. And when you have LSU in the mix, they are even more dominant because the LSU Tigers, uh, you know, again, that offense is going to be clicking and they're going to be doing some some good things. And I would not be surprised. Quite frankly, I would be surprised uh, because I don't think – I haven't looked, but I don't think LSU and Alabama play this year. And if Alabama plays um, uh, LSU this year, uh, it's going to very well come down to who or where they're playing. Um, And if Alabama is playing, let me see, if Alabama plays at home against LSU, then I think LSU has no shot. But I think if LSU is at home, I think LSU has a, a legitimate shot. I still pick Alabama to win just because Alabama is Alabama. Um, but I'm not sure if they're playing. I'm trying to look it up, and I don't see it right at the moment. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't I don't see if there is a a chance that they're playing. But, you know, if you look at the top four, you got Clemson at one, Alabama at two, Georgia at three, LSU at four. Oklahoma, OSU, Notre Dame, round out five through six. You know, if you if you try to you know push this around a little bit and you know if I had if I had some type of magic formula, you know I still think OSU is on the outside looking in. Oklahoma, Notre Dame, I think Auburn, I think all those teams outside of the top four are on the outside looking in. If all of these teams, if I'm gonna say it now, if the top four teams Alabama, or Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and LSU go undefeated this whole season, which Again, I'm thinking that LSU and Georgia, or at least Alabama and LSU play if they do. Uh, Those four teams stay in the mix, and even at one loss, we're going to be in the position we were a couple years ago where you're going to have three uh, uh, SEC teams, um, and then there's Clemson uh, because the SEC is that good. I'm looking at Alabama right now, and Alabama's um, schedule, they are – I don't see. Oh, they do. They play on Yes, they do. They play in uh December. No, November. I'm sorry. They play November, November 9th. Alabama and LSU. So that's there's the there's going to be a game. That's going to be a game and whoever wins that, I again, I think if at some point if LSU loses to Alabama, I still think LSU is still in the mix. Um, especially if they end up in the uh, SEC title game. That's the thing about the whole, well, they can't if they're on the same side and they play Alabama. But if, if LSU wins uh, or loses, sorry, and Alabama wins and then loses the SEC game, the championship game, maybe they have a shot. But, you know, again, it just goes to tell you that, you know, everything you're looking on the outside, looking in, the, uh, the SEC is as strong as ever. Um, I was very impressed. Uh, I do know that the Army, I talk about Army, you know, back in the, I don't, a lot of individuals, I don't know if they realize this, but back when college football, first of all, college football has been around longer than the NFL. I think there's a 150, so there's a 50 years difference between professional football and college football. 150 years.
1: There was a time
0: in college football when teams like Army, Navy, Notre Dame, they were the cream, they were the creme la creme in college football. There was a time. And it's crazy to think about now because when you think about Army, you know, years past, here in the last five, six years, they've been pretty good. But before then, Army, I think there was a year, they went and they haven't won a game in four or five years. So, uh it's just crazy to think that uh, how, how things have changed back when, especially Notre Dame had the four horsemen um, and then Newt Rotney. I mean, that's just crazy the lineage that they have down there.
1: And Notre Dame every
0: year is is always in the – they're always talking about Notre Dame. Uh, but I, I, for one, think when Notre Dame is, is not playing in a conference in football, I think it hurts them. I think an independent hurts them. Uh, I think it doesn't give them, unless they play all SEC teams, then you might as well throw them in SEC. But it hurts them, I think, for them not to be uh, in a in a conference. Um, I've always thought that. Um, you know, Florida uh, is another SEC team. Uh, right now they're 3-0. and uh, And, you know, listen, I, I was, it goes back to what I was saying. I know that the, the quarterback for Florida, I, I don't like to use names too much for uh, when I'm talking about these college athletes because they are – there are college athletes, but when you have a quarterback that is not, uh, I mean, listen, the whole hype for this Florida team this year was based off their quarterback, how he was going to produce this year. Uh, well, he's not producing uh, how I would like for him to produce. If I was a, if I, and I'm not a Florida fan it's the it's the on the field antics you know I, I saw two two games ago and I, this goes back to me saying you know you have to be that part and it starts from the top you can't let your quarterback run around the stadium and take pictures with fans and then the very next series go in and on first down throw interception I just you know I think I've heard a lot of topics about uh, about Florida and how they need to get a handle on that and um, I think they will. They're three and zero right now, but that doesn't mean uh, a lot in the SEC. It can turn really quickly. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if, if it'll happen. I, I hope, I pray for that young man. I hope that everything works out well for him. Uh, but I'm telling you, if he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't kind of get some things uh, fine-tuned in his mental capacity, there, I think he's going to be struggling, uh, and, and again, it's going to hurt him going into the next level. In fact, if that's what he wants to do, uh, because if I'm on the outside, if I'm if I'm uh, a team looking for a quarterback in the NFL, I don't know if that's the kind of player that I want on my sideline. Uh, that's more interesting what's going on in the in the stands and taking pictures, and then you can't come in on first down and throw in interceptions uh, and win games barely that you should be blowing teams out. Uh, so you know, I hope that young man works it out and gets. Us. I I know that that wouldn't fly in a Nick Nick Saban system.
1: And I know that that
0: wouldn't fly in a uh, in the NFL under a Bill Belichick system. You know, that they won't fly. It just won't. And why? Well, because the standard has been set, and there doesn't get. I you know, I, think about this. I I wonder how much the athletic director, head director, excuse me, has to say to Nick Saban. Does he say anything to Nick Saban? Because the standard is set. Nobody knows who the athletic director is at Alabama. I, I mean, I'm sure somebody does, but I don't. But I know who Nick Saban is. Who's the athletic director at Duke basketball? I don't know who that is, but I know that Coach K is the coach. Um, you know, those are those. When I was saying earlier about you need to set that example at the top, that's who it needs to be. Listen. I'll be the first to say it. You, somebody talks about the Tri-Cities Thunder and it's not, Oh, coach Wallace. It's hey, it's Dave Johnson starts at the top. You know, that's just the way it is. Um, but you know, those are the things that you need to have. And it needs to be in all aspects of the game. It needs to be in all aspects of the sport. And it can't just be, uh, you know, it just can't be a here, here one minute gone the next. Um, so, yeah, college football is, uh, is in my opinion, it, right now, listen, we're only three weeks in, and you got teams that are, uh, you know, right where they need to be. I think the top 20 goes all the way down. Boise State at 20 is 3-0. and um, UVA is at 21. They're 3-0. and You've got some teams down at the bottom, the 25. The 25th team in the country is TCU, and they're 2-0. So, in the first three weeks, there's not really been a lot of surprises. I think the best game up to this point, it's probably been Texas and LSU, but that was last week. Um, you know, I don't know. You still got Clemson is, is, uh, at the number one team, but they got 57% or at least 57% of the votes, uh, from the AP to be, uh, the number one team. Alabama is number two and they, um, you know, they're not far behind them, but you know, it's be interesting to see. And, uh, who knows? College football's got a long way to go, just like the NFL's got a long way to go. Uh, anything can happen. There, any of these teams are just an injury away, as we saw with the Steelers and that we saw with the Saints, that any of these teams are just an injury away of uh, maybe being a favorite and then not being a favorite. Uh, not saying that the Steelers were a favorite, but their odds have greatly diminished now that they do not have Ben Roethlisberger um, and his season-ending uh, elbow uh, injury. So, now those are a little bit of the topics. Uh, wish I had uh, had a lot more to get into detail as far as about who and what, where and why in the college game. But um, you know, you know, we got about seven minutes, and I, I just you know, again, I wanted to reiterate that this is the time for all of us that are involved in women's football to really, really set the wheels in motion. And if if you are a team out there that uh, you know, if you're an owner out there, if you're a team out there that hasn't, didn't have a good year last year, if you had players that uh, were bad for the team and bad for the game, reevaluate whether or not you need to have those players. Reevaluate if you need to have those coaches. You know, make a statement. Make make the statement and and, and put put down that iron fist, just much like uh, Roger Goodell does and says. You know, we're, this is how it's gonna. This is how it's gonna be, because. For us as women's football to go forward, that is what it's going to take. It cannot be a fly-by-night type of program, meaning that you're here today, gone tomorrow. It has got to be that way from day one. Okay? If you are not that person, or if that person is not the right team, then make it a business decision. Because eventually, listen, the goal for me as a coach, coaching these women, is to get them paid. That's my goal. Now, and it's and Dave Dave Johnson's goal as well. We talk about it quite all a lot, and exactly what I'm telling you is exactly what we talk about. Too many teams out there worry about their own individual teams or their old individual goals and not worried and not allowing what women's football represents to consume them because that's what it's going to take. Cause you, you just you just have to have it that way. Uh, so this is the time. This is the time. If you've had if you had a rough go at it, hey, every year needs to start anew. And this is the way it needs to be. And uh, you know, I, I hope that uh, this year coming up is as, uh, is is um, you know as, as great as it can be, uh, and as prosperous as it can be. But in order for that to do it, or in order for that to be that way, we have to have. Um, a collective effort all the way around to be on the same page. Owners talk to owners. Coaches need to talk to coaches. Uh, I've I've tried to reach out to some coaches before. I don't know how many times I've played teams this past year, or we've we've played teams this past year, that I had never even talked to the coach of the opposing team, either because I couldn't get a hold of them, or we just never spoke. So, you know, and it's 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 a sad fact. And, you know, those are the things that I'm going to work on this year. I'm going to work on talking more to, to other coaches and other teams and, you know, see what I can do to help them, see what they can do and ask if they can help me. You know, make make it a conscious effort for us to get better collectively and not just worried about what my team is doing out here uh, in, 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 you know, Tennessee, but, you know, what can we do to, to get other teams up. Is it hard? Yeah, it's gonna be hard. Yeah. If it wasn't, then we'd already have a women's football league that's getting paid, professional. So, you know, take that time, write it down, get those plans together. You know, players get better. You know, if you're if you're struggling at, at whatever it is you're uh, been struggling on the field, whether it's footwork, whether it's catching the ball, throwing the ball.
1: Running routes,
0: get better. Because you, as players, also have a huge impact on how far women's football goes. Coaches coach, players play. That's how that's how we do it here in, in, in Tennessee with this 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 Tri-Cities Thunder team, and we've won two national champions championships in three years. Um, so the formula that we got, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it works for us. So we try to, uh, to to help as many teams as we can. I know Dave is constantly in contact because he's the owner of the league, and he's in constant contact with other teams. And I know Jennifer is uh, Jennifer Johnson is, is she does everything she can to, to make sure um, that she has uh, you know her. Listen, there isn't a time you can't call her and she doesn't answer her phone. I'll just tell you that. So, yeah, call it the people that know. Ask for advice. Don't be scared to do it because those are the things that it's going to, you know, if you if you take that, it's not about pride at this point if you're trying to get a team started. You know, ask because there are people out there that know how to do it and um, or at least can point you in the right way. So I hope that everybody is, uh, is having a good off season so far. I hope that, uh, you know, if, if I'm back next week, I'm hoping to have a lot more, uh, of conversations, and more about college football. Maybe we'll have some callers call in. I'm hoping, uh, if I'm back next week, I, I, I don't know. It depends if uh, Dave will be back or not, but I hope everybody has a safe week. And, um, you know, I will hopefully maybe see and talk to you guys next week. Um, This is Mike Wallace, and you've been uh, listening to the fifth quarter.